0: Welcome to the Asset Management Mastery Podcast. Your hosts, Gary Lipsky and Kyle Mitchell, have more than 50 years of combined experience in operations and management, and more than 25 years of real estate investing experience. This show focuses on educating syndicators and apartment owners on how to build systems and manage their properties more efficiently to become a best-in-class operator. 100% straight talk. Let's jump in.
1: everyone. Welcome to our Asset Management Friday segment of the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. I'm your co-host, Kyle Mitchell, also joined by Gary Lipsky. This segment is focused on educating operators, building better systems, and becoming a best-in-class operator. Also, be sure to check out our Facebook group, Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate.
2: How many times have you thought there has to be a better way while working through endless rent rolls and historicals. Enter Red IQ, who will process and standardize them, generate deep and accurate property insights, and bring you through the final underwriting all in just five minutes. As for underwriting, thanks to Red IQ's new Excel add-in called QuickSync, you can continue using your own model and instantaneously populate it with the data from Red IQ with just the click of a button. Request
3: a demo today at rediq.com.
1: All right, today on the show, we have Frank Rossler. Frank, how are you doing?
2: Very good. Uh, thank you for having me.
1: Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for being on. And if you could start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you currently do.
2: Sure. Um, The um, CEO and founder of Ashcroft Capital founded this company along with Joe Fairless. We presently have a billion dollars of assets under management. Most of our portfolio is located in Texas with about 20% of it over in Florida, and we'll be expanding into a new market next year. The assets that we own are multifamily. We tend to buy class B multifamily. We try to find a B deal in an A market, improve it, bring it up to the standards and conditions of the higher quality assets surrounding it and hold it for uh, approximately five years. That's our general business plan. And we've uh, acquired 34 properties and own 26 today.
3: Thanks for joining us, Frank. Obviously, you've scaled your team tremendously, and let's talk about that a little bit. Tell us about different roles people play on the asset management side of the company.
2: Yeah, sure. So as nice as a billion dollars sounds, we're still a boutique company. We're not a major, major institution yet. We're on our way. And so, you know, the roles that people play at this company, everyone still wears a lot of hats. But what I will say is we definitely have departments allocated to each role. So we have a director of acquisitions, but really the point of this is we have a a director of asset management. Now, I started my career in asset management. I did that for about eight years at another firm, very similar to Ashcroft Capital. So I cut my teeth. I learned the best practices and principles in this side of the industry. So I've implemented those into this company. What's great is... Alec Raggio, who now runs asset management for us, came from another firm and was doing a similar thing for them. He was the asset manager over there, and they have a similar portfolio. And it's great to have other people join your firm who can do what you were doing, but also do it better and bring their own experiences and improve. And then we have a team of analysts that work for him underneath him to help uh, support that asset management. That's our asset management set.
3: And for aspiring operators out there that want to grow their company to a billion dollars or more, is there a certain number of assets or dollar amounts that you say, okay, well, we need a new hire because we hit this limit, you know? So tell me about that framework.
2: Well, you always want to be cognizant about that, but I would never want to say Per unit, you need this many asset managers because it really depends on your portfolio, how much heavy lifting is involved. Are you buying a lot of deals that have a tremendous, tremendous amount of capex or manpower involved because it's tucked away, hidden somewhere, and you need more marketing, advertising? It depends on your portfolio. It depends on the asset class that you have as well. But it is important to make sure that the legs underneath the table are strong enough to support all the weight that you're putting on it. My approach has always been hire people right before you really need them. So don't get to a point where you go, things are out of control. Now I know I need to go find some help for this portfolio. Know that's approaching. Know that's coming. Know your trajectory and hire those people early. And also when you do hire those people don't rush to get someone in the door because you need them right now. This is also a good idea for hiring early before you really, really need it. Wait. Hire the right person for you, for your company, to help you run asset management.
3: That's absolutely great advice because uh, I think so many people do wait you know, until it's, it's too late. And then you know, you got to train someone up, and, and then they get overwhelmed. And it just it's a disaster if, if you wait too long. What are some of the best asset management tools that you guys use?
2: There's so much involved in asset management. There's a thousand moving parts on just reviewing the financials. I mean, I guess I'll try to talk about the big picture uh, ticket items. So like budget versus P&L. That's a lot of asset management because an asset manager isn't on the property every day saying are you leasing correctly are you cutting expenses a lot of it is managing a portfolio so i guess i'll talk about our company because it's not like we only have three assets we have around eight thousand units that our asset manager and myself are overseeing so as you're reviewing the financials you want to review how your your variance to what you pro forma and what you budgeted that year and you want to understand why there are variances if you can do anything to improve them, why you're off in your business plan, and then you want to talk to the on-site staff and say, hey, I, I noticed our r is much, much higher than we budgeted. Why is this? And hopefully, as you do things like that, you can find out what the problems are. The way that we oversee that is we have a, a, a very large customized spreadsheet that we created on our own. It uploads the 26 profit and loss statements compared to the budgets into a spreadsheet and you can just click property by property line item by line item it'll show you the variance on each asset so we can run through many many deals all at once and quickly get to the problem properties and the problem line items that's one thing that has been huge at this company as you as you grow and grow and grow you know if you have 25 properties what is making you look at property 16 that you acquired every day? How do you know when properties are getting into the yellow before they're into the red? I, I mean, that's one thing at this company that I think we do a really good job of is overseeing the financials and really being aware of issues before they become major, major problems. There's that uh, talking about CapEx for a moment. It's is similar, but is your construction team doing the work within budget that you'd be surprised how easy it is to fall out of budget and not really know what you're spending per unit when you're renovating 300 units on each property you own. And you might be buying product in bulk. You might be paying a certain group to do a whole project on one property. And then another property, you negotiated a different group that you're paying per unit. And those tracking spreadsheets of what you're spending per unit can get really haywire if you're not on it. I think we do a very good job there, but that is something that can get complicated very quick. And then there's just the management of people. You know, this isn't just all about numbers. This is about really knowing who is talented, who's a good salesperson, who's a good manager, how to improve those who aren't. It's not a matter of, hey, this person isn't cutting it, let's terminate. It's why aren't they performing the way that the others in the portfolio are performing? And... How can we get them to, do they need training? Do they need to learn? Do they need a better team underneath them? So the people aspect is extremely important as well. And again, I think we do a good job of really spending time with these people. It's crazy COVID right now, but we're doing Zoom interviews all the time or or face-to-face, even on a computer. I'm down here in Dallas right now, kind of going property by property. We don't want to be just these like, evil asset managers up in Manhattan overseeing our portfolio in Texas and Florida. We like to spend time. We like to have a presence. We like to get to know people. And we want people to enjoy working with us or us. We want people to be proud to be a member of our team and have these properties do perform as best they can. So like I said, there's a thousand things involved in asset management. I just touched on a few high level uh, things right there for what it's worth. Those, those are what's important.
1: Yeah, you touched on it a little bit here, but you know, when you have two or three properties, it's really easy to have those weekly calls with your property management company and dig into each one. But when you get into 20, 30, 40 properties, you can't really do that. I mean, unless you're going to spend eight, nine, 10 hours on a phone with your property management company. So what kind of metrics are you looking for that kind of Red flags a property that says, okay, we need to dig in deeper. Because my assumption is that you're not going into all 26 or 30 properties in detail every week.
2: No, we're not, but we have our finger on the pulse of our portfolio. It's not a surprise which properties are just doing great. It's almost like you don't even want to talk to them because you don't want to disturb how great things are doing. And then you know the issues that are, are on the struggling properties. You're kind of always aware of this because you buy your properties one at a time. But anyway, uh, getting to your point of, you know, what are we looking at? We have a very good leasing software. We currently use Resman. You know, we know that the largest providers out there are RealPage and yardy and they do a good job. But what I like about Resman, it has a, a dashboard portfolio view. So every morning I wake up and I get to wake up and see where the occupancy is on each of our properties. I have a huge chart. It also has projected 30-day, projected 60-day. It shows me things like how many leases we got this week, what our closing ratio is, the work orders. So how good of a job our maintenance team is doing at satisfying the resident concerns of those work orders that are being listed. So I wake up to this dashboard every single day that, that just shows you, hey, this property is a little worse than it was yesterday, or a little worse than it was last week. And we follow up on all that stuff and we say, hey, what happened? We just we got you know 10 notice to vacates this week uh, and our projections just plummeted. What's going on, on this property? Do we have a problem with our back door? Do we have a problem with resident satisfaction? So that dashboard portfolio view on the leasing software that we have, that is great. And I encourage other owners to ask those questions. It's not just about having your leasing staff lease and do a good job, which is extremely important. It's about you as an owner seeing how your portfolio is doing instantly right away every morning.
3: You've obviously built a very successful company, but uh, can you tell us you know, a mistake along the way you did, like building your team or just asset management in general?
2: I mean, whenever you build out any company, I'm sure every owner can think of a thousand things they wish they did differently. You know, the mistakes I made are probably the things that I'm proud that we're doing right, right now. I mean, definitely in terms of the, the renovations early on, you have a budget, you have an estimate of what you're going to spend, you bid it out, you even get to, okay, this is the price that we're going to spend. And in the long run, you look back and you're going, we underwrote the 5,000. We approved five thousand. Why are the invoices adding up to seven thousand? And it's because, well, you know, you you were supposed to only replace the hardwood on the units that were unrenovated, but on the partial renovated, you weren't going to replace that hardwood. But you didn't communicate properly with your team, and they've just been replacing good flooring on every floor plan that wasn't part of your business plan. You discover that, and you go, "Oh my gosh, we need to do a better job communicating with our team." You did say it day one. You talked to the GC day one, but now it's nine months later, that GC left. There's someone else who wasn't told. You were worried about closing two other properties. And that chain of communication is broken down somewhere. So a business plan on a property lasts years. And it's something that needs constant oversight. And as you're growing, it is a challenge to remember, hey, remind new folks what the business plan is. Communicate. I didn't do this podcast to say everything that I've done wrong, but I'll admit <laughs> that, that is one that uh, lesson we learned in the beginning.
3: You've done many, many, many things right, so uh, you know <laughs> our, our 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 audience is aware of that.
0: <laughs> Choosing
2: the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to Quotenow.biz, and we'll start the conversation.
1: Frank, what is your asset management superpower?
2: It's going to go back to the beginning. I like to say with asset management acquisitions or anything else, I surround myself with the smartest, most talented, passionate people. I let them do a great job on our portfolio and then I take all the credit. So that's my superpower. And I I do recommend just surround yourself with people that are good, that are smart and who really care and who you enjoy working with. And you're going to have a great company. You're going to coalesce. And they're going to add so much more value to your company than you could on your own. Don't be a superhero. Don't do it on your own. Work with other people to do it together.
1: Yeah, awesome. Love that. All right. Well, we appreciate you coming on. If you can tell the listeners where they can find out a little bit more about you.
2: Yeah, we have a website, Ashcroft Capital, A-S-H-C-R-O-F-T Capital.com. Go to our website, check it out. You can see us, our portfolio. And thank you again for having me on this podcast. This was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Awesome. And then to all of our listeners, thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and give us a rating, subscribe, and review so we can continue to grow this podcast. And we'll talk to everyone next week. Thanks a lot.
3: Thanks again. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate it.
0: Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to iTunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. You can also go to the Asset Management Mastery Group on Facebook so you can reach Kyle and Gary and ask your questions that you want them to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, to stay updated, go to assetmanagementmastery.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with Gary and Kyle, sign up on the contact page so you can talk to them directly. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in again next week for another episode.